0: Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host, Gareth Watkins, coming to you from the heart of Yorkshire, England, where it's still a little festive. New Year is done, but friends in North America may not all know that we here have this thing called Twelfth Night. It's like the 12 Days of Christmas song, but relates to a Christian event called Epiphany. Of course, Not everyone has the same religious beliefs, but it's something of a tradition here to still keep your decorations up until the 12th night after Christmas Day. It's nice to follow tradition, but the problem is that by the 5th of January, Christmas is nearly two weeks in the past. And you've kind of moved on into the new year, haven't you? Most of us are back to work and it feels a little odd to still have the tree up. My wife likes the tradition and who doesn't love Christmas? So we've still got everything up. But let's face it, though, the speed at which time seems to pass these days. It won't be long before we put them all up again. But before we get into uh, what was a, a terrific episode of Dexter, uh, I just want to say a quick thank you to my most recent Patreon supporters. Many thanks to Ashley B., Susan Thaxton and Jennifer Taylor. Your kindness really does help keep things running. Anyone else who would like to support the podcast in this way can do so by visiting patreon.com slash dissecting Dexter. Okay. Let's crack on, because we've got a doozy of an episode to talk about. It's the penultimate episode of New Blood. And as fans, we're all wondering whether this really is the end. If it is, it's been a really great swan song. Yes, we've still got one episode left before we can judge the series as a whole. But I think we're in a good place heading into it. But I'm not flying solo this week. I've got company. And what company? I'm joined by a podcaster, a horror movie buff, a writer and executive producer of Dexter New Blood, someone who's been involved with the show since season one, Scott Reynolds. Hey, Scott. Hey,
1: Gareth. (laughs) It's good to see you.
0: (laughs) You too, my friend. Thank you very much for joining me. soothing
1: British voice. I
0: love it. (laughs) (laughs) I was just listening to
1: your podcast uh, just a little bit ago from last week. Uh, It was fun. Uh, Ah, Now it's good to see your face
0: you're up to speed on the latest uh thoughts and theories <laughs> I don't know whether hot. to be uh I don't know whether to be pleased or embarrassed I, I don't know no, no, be pleased <laughs> was, was like really, kind it was really interesting. <laughs> excellent so uh you had a good Christmas
1: yeah 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 it was uh it was very nice it was uh wet and you know my sister came out from Texas and we hung out and ate charcuterie and cheese and Gave gifts and played games, board games and watched movies. It was great. Yeah. What else could you want?
0: Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's good. yeah, yeah. All the good, all the good feels at Christmas time. Um, thank you very much uh, for inviting me onto the wrap up podcast earlier in the year. It was a great honour to represent the fans and and to talk to you and Sam. It was uh, it was a good time.
1: You were great. Yeah. It was it was fun. It was fun getting grilled by you. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to
0: more of that. <laughs> well, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> um, so obviously we, we've we've all reconvened as a as a community this year, and and you guys of course reconvened as a as a, a family of of cast and crew. Uh, what 12 months ago? Um, it had been some time since we thought we'd said goodbye to Dexter. I mean, for for some time, you must have thought that that was it as well, didn't you?
1: Yeah, you know, there's there's every once in a while. You'd read some interview with Michael and inevitably somebody asked him, Man, are you gonna come back to do it? And I'd i like lean in and was I'm reading that article. And he was all, he always left the door open, but it didn't feel like it was really open. You know what I mean? And and there'd been a few other versions that uh that had been tried uh with different writers and and such. Uh and ultimately they just didn't they didn't work out. I was I was aware of like two of them. Um, but this, mm. the, the timing was right. I feel like you know the the right amount of time had passed, and this, you know, teenage Harrison was was the spark for for uh, for Michael. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That relationship.
1: I- you know. He 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 was very he 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 definitely did not want uh, more of the same. He didn't want season nine. You know seven little bads with one big bad dexter you know sort of bopping around from person to person and, and and growing which was a great format and i loved it but he had no interest in that and, and a lot yeah. of the other versions were were that you know because it's hard not to it's hard not to to want to give people what they want but
0: yeah but the temptation of a good story was too much yeah. to resist
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and it's yeah. and it's a good story i mean we we uh, as, as a community we we Got back together earlier in the year and, and did a couple of preview podcasts, just spitballing ideas. Uh, I don't know if you caught any of those, but the optimism was was pretty high, seeing who was involved, and, uh, and and just feeling like enough time had passed that there'd be there'd have been some good ideas ruminating in the background uh, to to get something get something awesome together. And and yeah. as I say, the season's not quite done, but. Um, we it's, it's been feeling good yeah <laughs> oh, that's yeah you, that's good to you, hear you guys must all be really chuffed with the the general reception to it
1: yeah uh, last night's episode um people seem really excited about it i i, I haven't gotten a hate tweet
0: yet <laughs> <laughs> i hope you don't get any <laughs> <laughs> oh it's the internet <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> alas but um no that's really encouraging i mean the, yeah. i it's been a pleasure to podcast about um that's great it's it's i mean you'll know yourself as a podcaster it's it's not so fun when when there's a bit of negativity out there and yeah. it kind of you know, it kind of it can't it can't not get you down a little bit but it's it's been so positive this year i have had so much fun um it's really rejuvenated my enthusiasm for for podcasting, um, I've had an absolute blast. I was a bit daunted with going back to podcasting week to week, and I thought, how the heck am I going to fit <laughs> preparing yeah. for a podcast into my day job and family and etc. Um, but it's, yes, you're it's and great.
1: You're fantastic, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> it's great, <laughs> you. it's
0: great. Okay, so uh, well let's let's get into this episode. Um, the the tale of the tape. It's it's Dexter New Blood episode nine, the family business. Original air date: the second of January 2022, written by Scott Reynolds and directed That's by Marco siega <laughs> Okay, so the opening shot, the front of a kids' play place, but the lighting and the colours, I thought right away, this is a flashback. We can only be in Florida. uh okay. This this whole opening sequence. And the aspect
1: ratio too. Did you notice that? Like- I.
0: you know what i didn't on first viewing i was just i was just in it
1: (laughs) yeah 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 we we changed you know the 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 color the color of everything made it all bright like you said and then marcos and hillary were just like let's bring it back like the old show and it's subtle you know it doesn't change that much but uh yeah that opening shot was something that i just really saw in the from the very early days and it was very specific with uh with marcos about it that it should feel like an establishing shot and then suddenly yeah. it moves forward, you know? Yeah. Suddenly you're like, oh wait, this is an establishing shot. This is someone's point of view. Yeah. Whose point of view is this? And you know, yeah. those of us who are horror movie buffs, like as you said, <laughs> uh, you immediately go back to like, you know, Black Christmas, that that sort of point of view of, of the killer looking in the windows or Halloween, you know, yeah. uh, the young Michael Myers looking in the window. So we're trying to like dredge up all those sort of like um, emotional memories, you know? Mm. Uh, even down to like his hand pushing the door open and all of that yeah yeah
0: it's very
1: and marcos knocked it out of the park like he he took that sort of vision of it and just and made it
0: work yeah yeah it was it was a great sequence juxtaposed with dex and harrison talking at the fireside. but but of course the dialogue throughout his dexter Telling Harrison about the dark passenger. I'm. I'm so glad we opened with this conversation, fresh from the connection at the end of last episode, which I have to tell you got me feeling so emotional. Um, I'd be well as you've heard my review from last week. You know, I I, I teared up. Yeah. <laughs> it was the hug yeah. we'd been clamoring for. Just such a great emotional payoff. Just wonderful stuff. Was there ever any, ever any question about whether you'd start this episode with anything else?
1: Um. I uh I, I remember when we got to about nine, I just had this vision of what I was hoping the whole room and, and Clyde Phillips would, would love of of a story. Um and we almost lost it. Uh in you know, in production, you start, you know, money starts coming into place and people start going, I don't know, I don't know if we have enough money for this location. Originally it was gonna be a pool party in Miami and uh, the clown was going to be at the pool party, and it was it was a pool party, and then it was his house, and then it was an alleyway, and Dexter, like, saved him from grabbing a kid, basically, which is three locations, which is very expensive, uh, and, then, uh, and then they were like, we can't do it, we're just going to do it with flashbacks, we're just going to take, mm-hmm. Dexter's going to tell stories of bad people that he killed in the past, and I went to Marcos and Clyde, uh, and I said, and and Bill, you know, are you PM? And I was like, we we can't, we can't do that. I mean, it'll work, but it won't be, it won't, it won't give you that feeling of a father telling a story a son to win him over. You know, because mm. what we'll see is facts, and what we see is probably the truth, but it's also a tr- a story being told to a son to win him over, in the same way that uh, on on the original Dexter the way that we all decided we liked Dexter was we saw him take this choir master pedophile and deliver justice. Right. And from that yeah. point on, we were sort of scared by Dexter, but we were sort of like, this is someone who's doing something right. And we, we were won over by him because yeah. that feels right. Even if it's wrong, it feels right. <laughs> you know, like our brain can process both those thoughts at the same time. Yeah. And so it was very important for me that with that this story that Dexter tells, is about something like that, you know, this this is something that happened before Harrison was born. You know, this is something that happened before uh he even met uh, you know, this is before season 1 basically. Um and uh yeah. and and you know, that's the story he's telling his son to win him over. Yeah. There's a couple times where Dexter tells stories in this uh episode that are kind of tr- that are mostly true, but there's a maybe they're not, you know? Mm. Maybe it's a little heightened or maybe Things have been switched around a little
0: bit. Yeah. 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 Anyway. It it must have been a tricky process writing Dexter's dialogue here. Cause you know, there's a part of him that just wants to spill his guts, just throw it all out there. Warts and all the whole shebang. But like Deb's little appearance illustrates, he's not a hundred percent sure that he should say everything. But the yeah. the more he says, like when he mentions the code and getting proof, it's like he's going too far to avoid saying everything. Or Harrison will only ask, well, What next? And he rightly brings this up later, like you're dealing with dangerous people here. Serial killers, they're not going to stop just because someone tells them to. (laughs) They can't change who they fundamentally are. It just doesn't add up. So how did you approach writing the dialogue here and deciding how much Dexter should reveal at this point?
1: Yeah, it was um, it, it, it was hard to fight our instincts of just because we as viewers know the whole truth. So it it can get frustrating if Dexter doesn't tell the whole truth after a while. People can start getting upset about it. We can, we as writers and viewers and everybody can get upset about it. So it was, we decided in the room, uh, I think this was Clyde's very careful, smart pitch for the showrunner Clyde Phillips, um, yeah. of like, uh, he, Dexter's going to sort of manipulate his son a little bit and make him Make Harrison ask the ask the questions, you know, uh so that he can go, he look, he he asked me. I have to tell the <laughs> truth. You know, he wants to know and guiding him down this path to finally get to that moment at the very end yeah. where he, you know, he turns and looks at his dad and says, This motherfucker needs to die. Yeah. Um uh so it was it was Dexter telling a tale, but also sort of spinning a tale in such a way to make to lead Harrison down a path to come to the same conclusion that he can, that he came to.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a few times this week where Dexter's in his head. He's he's prompting Harrison. Think, go on. Yeah. Go on. Please ask. Go me. on. Ask me, <laughs> please, please. Yeah. Always <laughs> <I> begging. <laughs> and it's so
1: human. It's so yeah. beautiful to see that that sort of. uh Dexter doesn't normally allow us as viewers to see that sort of weakness.
2: Mm.
1: You know, to see that sort of. I'm not in control. Um, that sort of desire outside of like, I want to kill somebody or whatever. Mm. Um, and it just, I don't know. It just, it's cause the threat, the, the, the tight wire we're walking is, uh, you also sort of want to continue. You want to make the audience like lean in and hope that Dexter will say this horrible thing to his son, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm a serial killer. You should join me. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. It's a it's an amazing push pull. It was it was a it was fun. It was fun to yeah.
0: to to, yeah. to get there. It it was a lovely sequence. Just as a, as a fan, I, I was just just sitting there smiling at it because it was just so great. Yeah. The the clown was so creepy. Yeah. He, he he reminded me in certain images, like Heath Ledger's Joker. Uh, I bit. assume that's is, was that deliberate.
1: Wasn't deliberate, but you know nowadays it is impossible to
0: not yeah yeah not
1: go with Joaquin. He's,
0: you know he's, yeah yeah
1: it more and more comes from I, I grew up in chicago when i was a kid mm. there was we had a real live boogeyman in our in our neighborhood uh john wayne gacy
2: oh yeah who,
1: yeah and it's like this and, it, and at the same time i also had bozo the clown i don't that's probably not somebody mm. you know but it was he had this show in chicago for kids uh so we had the 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 greatest bozo and cookie the two greatest clowns <laughs> of all time that we'd watch every morning on wgn yeah. And then we had this terrifying monster that yeah. was doing unspeakable things to young men.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so this was in some ways, this is exercising my demons about all of
0: that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it's probably in, in some way informed some of your writing, perhaps on the show over the yeah. years. Yeah. 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 Hel- Helped you get in the mindset. There were some other nice little touches like Dexter's smile to camera and the little <laughs> when he flicked off the red nose.
1: Yeah, that, that was all Michael in the moment. He was like, wait a second, was wait, it? I got something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was and the sound effects as well. <laughs> yeah, the sound effect was added, but yeah, yeah, that yeah. was Marcos yeah. and I. Marcos Clyde and I were behind, you know, in Video Village, and when he did that, we just all looked at each like, and I said, "We got to keep that in. We got to keep that in." And I was like, "Yeah." That's,
0: yeah. That's really but it was it was breaking the fourth wall a little bit as well. A bit like it reminded me of of how he he does the little smile to camera in the old credits. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the opening yeah. sequence. Yeah. yeah. He's only
1: done that uh, maybe three times this season, and Harrison mm-hmm. once. That look to camera, look, yeah. looking at us. Yeah. Um, was it episode three? I think it was episode three when when uh Dexter leans leans over and he's like he's talking to Damien, the uh the CSI guy. Yeah. And he says, you know, man, I always like those uh, CSI shows. And he looks at the camera just for the three of seconds. And that was Michael again, <laughs> you know, because he's very, he's very smart and judicious about that look to camera. He doesn't want it to yeah. become a you know a thing the office or whatever which is a great show but
0: yeah 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 so um yeah so harrison seems like a, a well a weight's been lifted off both their shoulders uh dexter sees harrison off off to bed and he goes off to sort out elric's body uh we uh we my wife and i we watch it together we uh we love the use of andy williams here it's one of my wife keely it's one of her favorite christmas songs it, so it was kind of weird singing along while or it gets a bit dismembered but such is such is dexter isn't it we laugh and and sort of uncomfortably at times
1: <laughs> yeah that was it. that was another song i wanted from the very start from the script mm. and uh when we were shooting it i said i leaned over, i leaned over to marcos i said hey listen you don't have to do this but think of Andy Williams. It's, it's the most wonderful <laughs> time of the year. And, uh, and Marcos was like, oh, my God, that's great. And he went, over, he went over to Michael and he told him. And then Michael looked at me and was just like, oh, my God, that's great. And yeah, he sort of moved to that song in his head as he moved through that whole play. So mm. that's why it almost feels like a dance at times. Even yeah. the way when he unrolls the, the knife on top of Elric's you know, belly, it's, yeah. it's just all it – was, it was great. And I was mm-hmm. glad we got the song. I'm glad Andy Williams people weren't just like, wait, what? Because that happens sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I, we'll, we'll have a song. And they'll be like, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding he's me? doing what to a body. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that that was fun last week with Elric, uh, the chase through the woods. It was funny hearing you talk with Tony and David, the writers, one of them. I can't remember which said, said his wife was rigid with tension watching it. And my wife was exactly the same. She just wants Dexter to have a happy, quiet life with his son. And she gets so wrapped up with the tension when he's in jeopardy. So clearly the sequence was successful (laughs) and she was just the same this week, too, and even stepped out of the room at one point as it got too much. (laughs) But as a creator, it must give you such a buzz to hear that people have had a visceral reaction to something you've produced.
1: You, You want people to feel something when they watch it they don't you know not just iron clothes and play yeah games on their phone
0: (laughs) absolutely yeah so uh christmas morning comes harrison gets a rifle uh but but i really loved that he'd done a drawing of deb for dexter's gift and and seeing that gave me the feels (laughs) and you could see it had had that effect on dexter too it was a really sweet moment um and then meanwhile at the Bishop house instead of seeing what's under the tree and feeling all festive <laughs> Angela's doing more research into the Bay Harbour butcher looking at photos of decapitated heads we know of course watching this that it can't end well <laughs> she's <laughs> making all kinds of um, dangerous connections to the local incidents with the drug dealers yeah. uh, the photos of the butcher victims show puncture marks and then Dexter and Harrison turn up with presents and it feels really awkward. And you can see it in Angela's eyes, but she tries to act normal. Um, Audrey, though, uh, she seems to have moved on after being cold to a Harrison last time. She was understandably freaked out about the broken arm thing. But Harrison is really giving off a very different vibe now. And maybe she's picking up on that immediately. Previously, it felt like he was being isolated, pushing uh Things pushing him more towards Kurt. We we likened it to uh, Anakin in Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> taking <laughs> yeah. taking away his support network and going towards the dark side. So, has has Audrey forgiven him?
1: Uh, she had nothing to forgive him about, but it made her less, you know, because he didn't break her arm. It's no. it's more <laughs> it's more like oh, I, it feels like whatever darkness was plaguing you has passed. Mm. So she's sort of you know, and also as um, Harrison said last episode to Kurt, there's something about the Christmas season that sort of makes you feel better about your fellow man, you know? Yeah. Um, and she and she could read in, in him that he just felt like a great weight has been lifted. Because if you're Harrison, you're hearing this story that like, I'm not alone. And uh, yeah. there is so much power in the thought that you're not alone, when mm. you think that you're so screwed up or messed up or whatever.
0: Um, yeah, he's altogether more light. His, his yeah. whole sort of vibe. And, and obviously that, com- that comes through in in the performance of, of Jack Alcott. Um, it's in his eyes, it's in his face, his his yeah. the way he moves. <laughs> it's Even just
1: eating the monkey bread. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. A, 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 our family tradition on Christmas.
0: morning. Okay. OK, I'd never heard of that before.
1: It's I'll send you the recipe. You're going to love it. it Bring looks, it to England. Let it spread. It's the yeah,
0: best. It looked very sticky <laughs> and probably
1: terrible for you you just yeah, have to it say it's not good it.
0: for the waistline yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then neither is christmas <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so then we get a surprise and and we well before that
1: of- we just talk about like yeah, my, sure. one of my favorite lines with dexter is uh yeah when uh, it's just so pure dexter when the monkey bread is brought out <laughs> and he says the way that michael delivered this line was so good my favorite thing about dexter or no, my favorite thing about christmas food <laughs> just and then and he, <laughs> shoves that thing in his mouth and just yeah. he's feeling good too like everybody everybody's feeling great except for you know except for uh except for Angela
0: Angela uh, and that's yeah. why
1: Dexter sort of misses all the, I mean he misses normal human cues anyway yeah but I, he misses all of those because he's just so wrapped up in like I've got everything I want right yeah. now you know gifts and Christmas and food and my family
0: and know? my son yeah. yeah yeah he's buzzing yeah Yep. so of course then the then the bubble gets burst a little bit uh yeah. when Kurt shows up, which we weren't expecting him to show up anytime soon i I thought he'd hide only to pop up later at some inopportune moment to try and take dexter out he's he's so brazen, yeah, he's so brazen, he must be yeah. feeling pretty confident Jim won't tell angela about what happened um did uh, Kurt didn't expect them to be there, did he no did no no, no. no so um, surprised too. Yeah. Oh, He's cleaning the,
1: things up, you know, like yeah. winning the town over, letting Angela sort of bringing that over. Because Angela, at this point uh, in our in, in the room, when we were talking through this, Angela, she's sort of come to terms with thinking, you know, it probably was the father. That does that does okay. make sense. OK, doesn't well, mean,
0: you know. Yeah. Um,
1: she still has her, her her suspicions, but for the most part, it's like, you know, what, kind of makes sense. And Kurt. Kurt doesn't seem like a killer when and you, and you look at him ar- around town he's everybody loves him
0: yeah i mean she's uh, so been she's doing a whole lot of...
1: yeah go ahead Sarah. sorry
0: sorry i was i was gonna say she she's been doing a whole lot of, of following her gut this season yeah. particularly with looking into dexter that um we've, we've had some feedback uh about this suggesting that does she has she forgotten about the missing girls um has she, is she just so obsessed with the deep dive into dexter that she's kind of put the the missing girls on the back burner and forgotten about, you know, put to one side about the thing with Kurt. Uh, that seems yeah, to be it's,
1: it's more <laughs> like the case is solved. The yeah. the dad is, the dad did it. That's sort of you know where they're operating from this point forward. And uh, and now she's suddenly realizing this man that I've let into my house every day that I've been living with for the last two years could be a lot darker and more horrible than I ever thought. Yeah. so that you know that's the patient on the table as we would say
0: yeah oh Um, and Kurt when he acknowledges Harrison he points his finger at him like a gun oh what a bad guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was a Clyde Phillips touch man (laughs) I thought Harrison
0: (laughs) wanted to flatten him
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think Harrison was a little scared too like yeah uh it's you know it's hard to fight that fear a little bit of
0: what happened
1: I mean that happened last night
0: yeah yeah. Yeah. It's fresh. Yeah. So so we're at a point where Dexter knows that they need to get Kurt before he gets them. But he, he of course, wants to demonstrate to Harrison how to follow the code, as as the episode title says, teaching him the family business.
2: Thank
0: you. Uh, but we, we follow Angela, who, as I say, has shown some wily detective skills this series on, on many occasions, following her gut, just like Deb used to do, uh, tying in, of course, with the advice she got from Batista. Um, just a, a, a quick aside about Batista here though he he was um, he was wearing a wedding ring in that scene with Angela and on the podcast we called him out for seeming to hit on her you confirmed on social media that him wearing the ring was intentional so we wondered if either he's remarried or perhaps perhaps more likely it's the one from La Guerta are you able to reveal the answer
1: yeah no he he remarried in in our you know we, we uh, at one point we'd had, had a whole scene with he and his family and uh when when she called we're gonna have a whole thing and and timing and everything else just you know production got in the way of of that but uh yeah in our heads he's happily married to masuda no i'm kidding no he's 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 happily married and uh but but he's still you know he's still batista (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> how you doing yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah he still he still likes it. he likes he likes the ladies
0: he's a, a smooth operator the old dog yeah. yeah yeah so um Angela goes to visit the vet as as I thought she would logically yeah. following the clues I have to ask though and, and and it's something that's come up in the fan community sure. this week in the original series Dexter used to use M99 to take down his victims. Uh, he used ketamine more recently for the drug yep. dealers. So it makes yep. sense for Angela to follow that lead. But there's a question mark over her research into the butcher, which showed websites talking about the butcher using ketamine. Now, I guess what, what we're asking is. Tell you. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go on, yeah I'll, I'll you, let yeah. you talk. Yeah yeah, 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 You know what um, I'm going to say. <laughs> a, ketamine sort of came about because I don't know if you've heard Michael's song, Ketamine, from uh, his band Princess uh, Goes yeah. to the Butterfly Museum. Yeah. we used it at the end of episode five. Yes, we just fell in love with that song, and uh, and also, small town. What does this woman have? What, you know, what is Dexter able to use? He's able, She has ketamine for her yeah. for her animals. So that's how that came about. Yeah, uh, that's sort of a one two punch of we really want to use this song, and vets have this on hand. So yeah. that's that's ketamine. Yeah. Um, the research in our heads. Uh, uh, the um. You know, it's like Zodiac, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been 15 books in the last 10 years with wildly disparate, you know, following the clues to find out who the Zodiac killer is. So in our heads, it, we were sort of careful about, uh, I don't know if you see on when she does that search with ketamine and all that, and, and Miami Miami Metro homicide ketamine. What yes. comes up is uh, the Serial Killer Collective, which in our heads is one of these like you know, serial killer, serial killer websites where they sort of aggregate all of the research that's been happening. And since, you know, what is it? 15 years ago was the, was, was when the Bay Harbor Butcher was solved end of season two or whatever. Yeah. Um, since that time, uh, there have, there has been tons of people that have done all sorts of research and looked into it and found trails of this, and maybe it was this. And, you know, even, even our own Molly Park was like, uh, talking about how uh, dokes went off and did some special ops stuff during times when bodies disappeared. so that doesn't quite make sense. Uh, and so some people wrote books and people wrote webs, you know kind of websites and did their research, and they saw that there was uh, a, a sedative, a, a tranquilizer in the system. This tranquilizer has been underwater. it's been in bags. It's been sort of degrading inside the system. And in real life, atrophine, which is uh, uh M99 yeah uh and ketamine often get mixed up in uh, corner reports in real life this sort of happens yeah. especially yeah. in older bodies and so <clears throat> the research said it could have you know the intention was it's ketamine or atrophine or some sort of tranquilizer and so on that website it said you know ketamine atropine whatever it, said, it used those sort of things so
0: yeah, okay. So, so it's it, sort of
1: a we were, we were we grasped onto something that we really liked because of that song and b I felt it was I felt it was okay because uh it 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 would come up that way in, in the web search, you know.
0: Yeah. After all this time facts get kind of can get kind of garbled, can't they? And you get sort of Chinese whispers and as you say people doing their own commit with their own theories and someone else taking yeah. that as gospel. Yeah. I mean it would it would be a cruel irony indeed if if someone's speculation had led to Angela getting that hit and making that connection and suspecting it's, it's also, Dexter.
1: It's if you look at, you know, in those coroner reports that they ha- that happened afterwards, because all those bodies got destroyed basically. So they had yes. no actual thing to go from. So they're going from those reports and finding trace, you know, amounts of this sort of thing. So the person's, you know, the research was saying it was ketamine or atrophine or some sort of tranquilizer. Yeah. So that's why ketamine comes up.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that.
1: Hope you can live with it.
0: Yeah, no. The song no, was I'm so good. good. <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was a surprise when it came on because obviously we're used to the blood theme. Yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't realize at the time it was Michael's band. But uh, a, a nice, yeah. a nice nod that you were able to uh, make use of his music.
1: Oh yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw a lot of some people online just getting really angry about the FBI. Never said this, and I agree, the FBI never did say it. That's why we made yeah. it on that serial killer collective website. Yeah. The Butcher
0: section. <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't F FBI.gov. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's um it's tricky, isn't it? Because as fans we're we're passionate about the yep. show, which which is a positive, but it can also make you um perhaps want everything to be absolutely one hundred percent bang on perfect in in every detail and and um I guess we did it, we'd we'd be remiss as a podcast called Dissecting Dexter if we didn't look into the yeah. minutiae.
1: No, no, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I I don't blame anybody. It's it's all it's all good.
0: It's only because we care. That's right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so next we we rejoin Dexter and Harrison looking for where Kurt might keep his trophies as As viewers, we saw signs earlier in the season that Kurt might be embalming his victims, and we wondered if we- if he preserves them. An early theory was that Angela would find his corpse museum at some point, and Iris would be among them and then last week, uh, when we saw a glimpse of him in his surgical gown, we speculated that Molly might already be dead a theory of course that turns out to be true so what what was the 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 genesis? of this I, i'm guessing there was a lot of discussion in the writer's room about this
1: yeah about what what does kurt do what's the most mm. sort of horrific uh thing we could you know um it comes from uh this movie called it's a bella lugosi uh boris Karloff movie called the black cat oh
2: um
1: there's this visual of what one of the one of them uh, what, Boris Kar- what Boris Karloff does to uh, ex-wives, basically. I don't wanna give away the whole movie because it's like a, it's like mm. a 70 minute long masterpiece. But that visual of the women in, in, the, in the boxes sort of comes from that. Um, and this idea of like somebody who wants to, you know, you gotta find the heart a little, you know, as, as awful as it is, you have to find the sort of the, the heart behind the, the awful deeds that are done, you know? I mean, if you really stop and think about what Dexter does, that he, you know, strips them down, wraps them in plastic, kills them, and then cuts them up into nine pieces, um, bloody, disgusting, horrible. But when you know that it's because it comes from this childhood tragedy, uh, and a lot, you know, a lot of serial killers come from some sort of weird childhood tragedy tragedy that, yeah. that, that to combined with them being psychopaths or whatever, some brain chemistry being off or whatever.
2: Mm.
1: Um yeah so it, it sort of it sort of came from that yeah that, that's where it started this idea of like i'm the one who's going to keep them perfect you know it's, it's bad patriarchy man yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's about <laughs> as toxic masculinity as you can i'm the one who's going to keep you safe
2: yeah um yeah it's
1: interesting so that's, stuff. Yeah, that's where that also came. yeah and also lennon's tomb <laughs> oh okay yeah you know remember that waxy sort of yeah. Leonard. yeah, yeah.
0: Lennon, yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um we see what what I I now call Chekhov's drone in action. <laughs> we knew that drone <laughs> would come into play at some point. <laughs> Harrison confesses to Dexter about what he did to Ethan. <coughs> Dexter gives a little nod, almost smiling, recognizing the urge to commit violence at that age. For him, it, it must validate his decision to tell him about the dark passenger. But was this the first time that Harrison committed a calculated act of violence on someone? Because another theory that got talked about early in the season, as, as you may have heard, was that Harrison might have killed Hannah. Now I'm not sure I s- still see that as being possible now, but it was fun to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: but was yeah, that- I was surprised by that one. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> this was—he had hurt people before, but never killed anyone. For sure and and I, and he you know he genuinely loved hannah okay yeah and hannah okay. kept the truth of all of this from you know he didn't know that hannah was a poisoner he didn't know any of that stuff
0: right so she so in in the room you considered hannah to have taken genuinely good care of him yeah
1: yep. Yep. which good. made That's it all the more tragic her. when she when she passed away and he just got shoved into the the you know the welfare system
0: it's like the losing a third parent lost huh? a third parent there yeah 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 Yeah. um there's a line that harrison says here that made me laugh Uh, he says i've been thinking about wiggles (laughs) the the burning question (laughs) is how many times did jack alcott have to say this without laughing before i know he's
1: so good (laughs) he didn't he didn't once but i i giggled at at video village every time like that (laughs) that line makes me laugh i've been thinking about wiggles
0: (laughs) (laughs) but the question's valid like like yeah. we were talking about before, that the story Dexter told him about scaring people into not killing again, it it never rings true. It never sounded really plausible, and yeah. and Harrison's right to question it. So as as we go along, the episode progresses to a point of. By the
1: way, who, how sorry, but how great was yeah. Deb in that moment? Just that she pops in and she just gives that little slight head shake of no, yeah, like, don't tell him. And then Dexter, M- Michael accepting that and watching him just want to say the truth so bad, but letting it, <laughs> letting it go. You
0: know? Yeah.
1: yeah that, that, Jennifer Carpenter has, has been just incredible this whole season has been so yeah. good to work with. Um, like even that scene in that moment, she had like a, like a couple sentences to say about, you know, explaining why. And mm. on the day she was like, Hey, can I try it with my face? Can I just give it to, you know, and, uh, and 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 she did it like after both of us when we were at video village we were just like oh my god that was great yeah she was it right. works
0: it yeah. it works because we we know her we know dexter we understand the situation we as viewers we don't need the words we get it
1: oh and you know as writers we want to write we want to write all the words <laughs> we want them yeah. to say words yeah we forget that you know sometimes actors can give you something with just a, a slight head nod or a, just a look and uh and you know she just delivers she's so she's so good with that character and it's a tough character to interpret right because it's it's Mm. no longer it's no longer the deb that she grew up with all those eight years it's it's dexter it's dexter's memory of deb and also what dexter needs from deb at different moments you know and then we also have to sort of thread that needle of like if she, if all she's doing is saying dexter no stop it no no then you start to hate her because we want dexter to do what dexter does you know
0: yeah um, she was so explosive earlier in the yeah. season not not every time but there was a lot of sort of um what's what's a good word bombastic i don't know but um uh, aggressive yes. aggressive towards him and, and there was a lot of that but um I, i've noticed over the last maybe four episodes there's been a lot less of her she's been appearing less frequently mm-hmm. And um, I wonder what that says about Dexter's psyche, where where his mind is at, whether he's more settled, more focused, yeah. more resolute.
1: Doesn't want to hear that voice.
0: No. We no. can shut
1: that voice out in our head sometimes and just move forward, you know. Yeah. That's what, that's what he was doing.
0: And she's just popping up there with with a look.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Her, her all the way through her journey in this episode is so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um. We get to the point where we've been here before in in, in Dexter of old, where it's it's a case of who kills who first. We've got Kurt and Dexter both preparing their weapons. Deb warning Dexter against revealing the full truth to Harrison. It's a massive gamble. That he takes it's, it's one thing to say that you have violent urges and maybe give a serial killer or two a verbal or physical slap to warn them off doing it again it's a whole other thing to reveal that actually you wrap them in shrink wrap stab them and dismember their bodies <laughs> dexter doesn't know where harrison's line is of course we find out he seems to be okay with it all apart from the the pooling blood being a trigger for his memories of of, of rita Um, We speculated earlier in the season that maybe Harrison doesn't actually have his own dark passenger at all and is simply a traumatized, troubled boy who just needs connection, love and support. Um, Was it considered in the writers room that Harrison would actually be shocked by what happened this week and be repulsed immediately, maybe even run straight to Angela? Uh,
1: You know, we never we never we never, we 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 never went that direction of like going straight to Angelo. We de- we definitely uh, we definitely played a lot with like how how dark is his dark passenger? Mm. You know, um, I mean, you know, there was uh, yeah, there's, there was when we were first creating the show, there was versions where he was all in a lot sooner, and that that didn't feel right. That felt icky, you know. Um, yeah. uh, it felt like we needed this journey to to get him to the to this point. You know, we need this killer to get him to this point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, of course, Dexter's convinced himself that letting Harrison in on his killing is the only way. He's sounding more like Harry now, doesn't he? That the son becomes the father for both Dexter and Harrison. (laughs) The the last 15 minutes of the episode is an exercise in in, in intense drama. Kurt's setting fire to Dexter's cabin the music here was a fantastic choice the idols war right. yeah what a great tune I freaking
1: loved <laughs> idols man yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah it's it's um it's quite they're from, from your neck sp-
1: of the woods aren't they
0: yeah they're, they're british yeah um yeah. they they played the um the private gig at glastonbury last summer i don't know if you saw that no, online um it was um full of energy um my my good friend travis who who you've probably heard giving feedback on the on the show before (laughs) he he said this bit reminded him of a fistful of dollars setting fire and lying in wait for people to come outside was that the inspiration here
1: correct yeah yeah yeah. cool (laughs) yeah i'm a huge western spaghetti western fan.
0: yeah yeah. Yeah. very smart yeah actually so is
1: by the way so is kurt so
0: Ah, oh, that figures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just just while I think of it, I mentioned Travis. Um, I, I told him that I was going to be speaking to you, and he had a question he wanted me to ask you. So this is just a sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> going back to season one, about Dexter's kill style. Early and in the books, it's apparent that he seemingly carves up his victims while they're alive. Um, in season one, he goes in for the kill with an electric saw, but then his mo settles perhaps with um little chino to a quick knife stab kill. Um, he was pressed for time with that one, but it became his regular kill style. W- was there a conversation in the writer's room about the change?
1: Uh, it was a long time ago, but I, I I remember certain factors being very squeamish about the torture aspect of it, of Dexter, mm. like sawing up someone who's alive and, and is aware of all of it. Um, yeah. yeah, so it it became a little bit more stabbed to the heart you know, if you and if you watch Dexter this season, a lot of he he places his hands. <coughs> I'm sorry, uh, he places his hands on his chest, and and, uh, and I asked Michael, I was like, you 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 place your hand on the, on your victim's chest a lot of times. He's like, yeah, I like to feel their heartbeat. I like to feel it start to like race as I do. You know, there's, oh. there's a certain and he, and I said, and you, and you you've been doing this for a few seasons. He's like, yeah, I poke their third eye, and I was like, oh, that's really good
2: oh <laughs>
1: michael's <laughs> that's, so great
0: that's why he's yeah, dexter yeah. that's why he's dexter Yeah. <laughs> okay thank you um yep. so so while kurt's um toasting marshmallows over the embers <laughs> of dexter's cabin angela's making inquiries into molly and my wife and i wondered if she'd return to the cabin putting her on a collision course with dexter and harrison finding the trophies in the bunker Um, So that added to the tension of of the sequence for us. And and, and what trophies, I mean, you've you've talked a little bit about that already. It's a tremendous visual, the lights gradually coming on with a bang, bang as as they ignite, revealing more and more cabinets and and Molly at the end of the hall. Um, It's it's striking for sure. Um, As for Molly as a character, I ended up liking her more as things went along. I I heard the Digging Dexter podcast and agree with the guy on there who said that he liked her more after hearing Jamie Chung talk about her with you on the wrap up. She when I listened to that, she gave me a very different perspective on the character that hadn't occurred to me. And it made sense after her original introduction left me thinking she was just kind of brash and cocky. But she was actually really smart. And brave Angela says that as well that she was brave and and you could say a bit foolish or naive now we see her like this but yeah. um yeah it was great in,
1: in the pursuit of truth and the pursuit of story and pursuit of whatever you, you you gotta you gotta go to where you start feeling scared you know mm. as a writer you, you have to you have to feel uncomfortable at times yeah uh, and she I feel like she was sort of addicted to that a little bit yeah to that like fear, to that that sort of Ready for anything, any, anything to get that story, anything to get the truth uh, and make, you know, make some money and get some nice clothes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be famous. Yeah. So so it's it's during this this tension that my wife stepped out of the room because she was sat there next to me. So I can't I can't take this. I can't I can't. I just want him to be happy. Dexter in jeopardy. Oh, my God. And, and she stepped out of the room and just stood I, I in the doorway, not seeing the TV. She said, tell me, tell me when it's tell me when it's over. <laughs> she came That's back. Great. She came oh, yeah. back, but she couldn't bear the suspense.
1: <laughs> yeah, my I wife have... was gasped when uh, when the first row of women were revealed in the cabin. Mm. She was like, "Oh," and kind of looked at me like, "Who have I
0: married?" <laughs> Who have I married? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Harrison's reaction was was so natural. Um, his restrained outrage that Kurt's been hurting all these women for so long, yeah. Dexter didn't have to say much to get him on board he uh, Harrison realizes that Dexter killed Wiggles yeah. and Dexter of course says he killed Trinity too and it's like you were you were saying before he he chooses to reframe the facts yeah. saying he did it because of what happened to Rita it's it's a pretty natural i guess occasionally a natural human thing to do reframing something perhaps to sort of mitigate the impact on someone yeah um but I liked Dexter. Kissing Harrison's forehead. It, it reminds me of when someone says, "I'm so happy I could kiss you."
1: It's the sweetest, darkest moment of the series, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. His son yeah. says, "I want this motherfucker to die." Yeah. And Dexter's yeah. response is to go up and tenderly <laughs> hold his son and kiss his forehead.
0: Kiss his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... and we
1: all our all our hearts break in that moment. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, Kurt, (laughs) he's he's deluded right to the end, isn't he? Making out he saves all these women. Dexter suggests it was all about power, but I don't think that's how it began for Kurt, is it? I mean, we talked about this with some great listener feedback last week. It was suggested that, yes, Kurt's father was a douchebag who hurt women. But the trigger for Kurt's first kill was Iris running away from him. I, I think the moment took him by surprise, but it was a trigger from his mother's abandonment of him. It's layered and complicated and, and not helped by the lack of love and nurture from his dad. But the darkness, I think, began with his mother leaving him. Maybe it ended up evolving into something more like control and power. But the image of his mother running away from him is at the heart of it. What, what's your take? Is, is this close to where, where you're at with it?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when Kurt says, I'm protect, you know, I'm protecting them, they don't know the horrible life that's out there those visuals of seeing what he saw his dad do to, you know, truck stop prostitutes and whatnot, um, got in deep and scarred him terribly. I mean, that's why he's, you know, uh, I I don't know if you remember when, when, um, yeah, you do when when, uh, uh, Skylar, Chloe took off her top and he got so, Kurt got so upset. This isn't about that, Mm. you know? Yeah. Um, Cause that still scares him and messed him up. And you know, that sort of sexuality and all of that uh, freaks him out at this point mm. uh, of these many years, all these years later. He doesn't want to be compared to his father. He's deluded. You know, we're all many things inside ourselves. Yeah, because uh, what what. The intention when Dexter saying all that stuff is uh, there's a, there's some truth to that with Kurt, but there's also some truth to that with Dexter, you know, that's why. We cut to Harrison and we watch Harrison watch his dad say all of this stuff. Normally you would be on Dexter. Normally that's like classic kill room moments of let just being on Michael and letting him do his thing. Uh, and so there's a there's a part I think you, you kind of nailed that right. That there's a there's a part of confession on Dexter's part two mm. with, with, yeah. with what he was saying. Um,
0: yeah, there's an incredible moment when Dexter says. Of um, says uh, of Kurt and Matt uh, and Kurt's dad, like father, like son. The focus moves from Dexter in the foreground speaking to Kurt to Harrison in the background listening to his dad, looking at his dad, and recognizing the the, pa- the, the parallels. It, it was just a beautiful, it was a beautiful shot and, and beautiful symmetry of, of of the themes there. I thought that was it was only a moment. Mark,
1: Marcos and Hillary. Uh, just knocked it out of the park in that scene. Because he yeah. had to sort of break up his own personal style of how to shoot a Dexter kill room that he's been doing for many years, you know. Because mm-hmm. uh, we added a third person. We added this other kid who we are so, we're more invested in him than we were with Miguel or anybody, you know. Uh, the, the few yeah. people that have shared yeah. a kill room with Dexter.
0: Absolutely. Survived. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harrison was so cool throughout until the blood pooled. The, the, the whole sequence was very graphic the, the, the effects team did a really nice job here although it's out of focus there is a frequent point of view that they shoot looking past where kurt's arm's been removed and yes. it's out of focus but the blood keeps oozing out yes
2: yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, your yeah, eye
0: yeah. gets drawn did i just see movement there and it's it's just the blood seeping it's very grim actually my the, wife
1: was like oh how oh, <laughs> did you show us this i'm like because it's a different, it's different now. This isn't. We're seeing Harrison see this stuff. We're we're yeah. experiencing Harrison seeing this for the first time in the same way that we're seeing it for the first time.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah we've never seen it. We, it's all been in our imagination before, hasn't it? It's yeah. been off camera. We hear the saw. We we yeah. might see some spray on um uh Dexter's visor. Face shield or whatever. yeah, yeah. yeah but never like this. Uh it was it was shocking and obviously that's that's meant that's meant to yeah. be because it, it's to illustrate that Harrison's seeing this for the first time as well. I mean the whole scenario is pretty screwed up that with with Harrison the, the son and watching his dad kill somebody but and and, and grim but it it makes total sense for the show of Dexter <laughs> and the characters <laughs> and where they're at and what we know. <laughs> um as as they throw Kurt or what's left of him into the incinerator. I can't help but feel that, that Dexter's brainwashing Harrison, planting ideas in his head, convincing this troubled, traumatized kid into thinking that this is the way to deal with his dark urges. As I say, it's like Harry all over again. Um, it sounds like you think that that's quite a fair take.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dexter's looking at a mirror of himself. It, it, that's mm-hmm. all he's seeing. He's he's raising, you know. Dexter's trying to control his whole world and make it the way it was before, even down to Angela. Sometimes you, you brought that up that Angela sometimes even looks a little. You, you're reminded of Deb a little bit. Yes. He he wants what he wants. He wants to control his kingdom. And so this is another opportunity to do that with Harrison. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it was a it was and it, but he's also like letting Harrison make these conclusions. And sometimes these conclusions are surprising Dexter. Like you know when when Dexter admits, you know, go big or go home in the kill room. And he says, yeah, I've killed
0: hundreds.
1: (laughs) And Harrison says, you've saved thousands of people. Yeah. Like that's a new thought to Dexter. Like for him, it's always been like, yeah, I control my dark passenger and it's kind of fun. And here's this new thought of like, no, I'm, I am the hero. I am the dark. I really am the dark defender. You know, this isn't something that was thrust on me back in season, whatever that was, season two, I forget. Uh, Yeah, it was season two. Um, see it on his face, he's see feeling it. it in some ways. His yeah. son is making him feel like a better person. You make mm. me better,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can see the smile on his face. He thinks, Yeah, go me, I'm awesome. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then, um, it the episode ends with uh, a bit of a spanner in the works, uh, with this little note that uh, we assume Kurt has left for Angela, um, dropping. He still thinks he's Jim into the into the shit for killing Matt. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we'll see how that how that turns out. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure what physical evidence there would be, but it would be another piece of the puzzle for Angela to fit everything together with what's happened. Um,
1: When you're when you're under an assumed name and everyone thinks you're dead and this one person is keeping your thing a secret, things can unravel. Yeah, pretty fast, and and the yeah. focus can come on you in a in a very heavy way, especially yeah. nowadays. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What one of my favorite moments in that that sort of moment in that sort of sequence is when uh Dexter goes in to make breakfast, and he points. <laughs> he does this double point, and he goes, yeah. breakfast wizard." Yeah. Breakfast wizard. Like I I gotta make a t shirt or a coffee mug out of
0: that or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get on Redbubble and and uh, yeah. get a t shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple of fingers pointing at yourself <laughs> <laughs> well we know he does waffles
1: yeah <laughs> pancakes yeah.
0: yeah 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 that's it so um yeah so that's that's the episode i mean i, I have to say I, I quite understand why you said this is your most favorite thing you've ever written for tv this was a great high tension and compelling episode have you seen the ratings on imdb have you had a look no
1: I obviously people
0: it, can it, score right people can score yeah. movies and episodes this is currently at 9.7 out of 10 what? which <laughs> which is the best of the season by a long way oh, so yeah, um what right. well, was
1: my love letter to the fans yeah. and my love letter to Dexter Morgan because i love dexter just as much you know i wear dexter swag man i yeah i love it i love him i love his story yeah
0: yeah we do too i mean clearly the fans um are, are all on board i mean clearly you're, you're thrilled to bits with the response and and um well it, enjoy it <laughs> well yeah, done absolutely. job well done listener feedback okay so let's hear a few responses from the listeners so anyone out there who wants to share their comments feedback thoughts theories on dexter new blood uh, can do so as always by emailing dissecting dexter at gmail.com had an email from Holly who says, I don't usually write in, but I wanted to point something out. Is that Harrison's teacher in one of the cabinets? Are we going to discover that she's gone missing as well? Uh, oh, she says the teacher or the bar- slash barkeep. So I think she's meaning Tess. Oh, Tess. Um, yeah, so yeah. so I, I, I checked on, on my yeah. second viewing. <laughs> yeah, he would think so.
1: Yeah, Kurt would never... He would never go after, I mean, he, he did because with Molly because he was a threat and he was mm. pissed off that everything got yeah. ruined. It goes to that control thing, right? But yeah. uh, he would never go after anybody that could be tied back to him
2: because yeah. all, all he
1: could be ever shown, you know, with all the runaways, all, 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 all people at the job ever saw was he offered him jobs, he gave him money, he helped them out. Nobody cared yeah. for him more than this guy did. Like that's mm. he had sort of the perfect cover. Yeah. And anytime he, they got in the car with him, he made sure no one else saw it. And, yeah, yeah. He, was the, he was the kind man.
0: Yeah, I did check um, to see who uh, Holly was referring to. And there was one girl in there who looks a little bit like Tess, uh, okay. but she was about halfway down the hall. And I'm guessing they're in there in the order of um, dispatch. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a good spot.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and it's nice that uh, Kurt didn't off his uh, dance partner.
1: He, he enjoyed, I mean, that's one of his favorite things.
0: Yeah. He does it park every time. Ritual.
1: That that <laughs> whole sequence was so, uh, Clancy just knocked it out of the park when he <laughs> walked in. Hey guys, come on, let's party. And, yeah. And then he started doing that weird dance. Yeah. Oh, man, dance, Clancy Brown is dance. God's gift to acting, man. He is, <laughs> he is something great. He's on, uh, he's on, uh, my episode of, uh, the Dexter wrap up this week or episode. Nine,
0: yeah. I I, Talk I to, uh, to Clancy. I saw that. I shall look forward to hearing that. Yeah, cool. uh, yeah, he's he's one of those actors that adds something to whatever he's in. Yeah. E- even an average film is is made better by having him in it or his voice. Yeah. He's yeah. a yeah. voice oh, yes. actor as well. Yeah. OK, uh, Chris in Cincinnati email to say, finally, we have a Christmas episode. If I can watch Die Hard every Christmas and Hungry Man on Thanksgiving. I can start watching the family business every Christmas going forward.
1: <laughs> I fully support that. Yeah. You could add the silent partner to it. You guys ever seen that one? It's another great Christmas heist movie. Elliot Gould. Ah. Oh. And, uh, it's a 70s Canadian. It's great. It's great.
0: I'll make a note Dark. that. Yeah. Dark. Dark, dark like check. Christmas dark. <laughs> <laughs> i do make a note of some of your your recommendations on on twitter uh particularly at halloween <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, watch. I, I like a good horror movie as well um chris goes on to say uh we finally saw what kurt is doing with the bodies and why he was so distraught over having to shoot someone in the face that trophy room can best be described as good old-fashioned nightmare fuel to use a mystery science theater reference <laughs> he says i have to give julia jones a ton of credit Yep, here. here. She is better at acting with just her facial expressions than most actors are with all of their acting tools at their disposal. She's been great, hasn't she? She's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sure she'll go on to um, more good stuff on the back of this. Good hope. Yeah. Uh, Chris says it was good seeing Dexter uh, gathering evidence and performing a kill as he explained to Harrison, his dark passenger. It felt like a good creative way to deliver that information good stuff thanks chris uh i've had an email from nick uh nick henderson actually who you met at the the premiere yeah yeah yeah. he says to get he says he sends his best um (laughs) he says i just finished watching it for the second time this episode feels like it's going to rank pretty high for me when looking back at the entire dexter series because it straddles the line between the original run and new blood in some pretty exciting ways I really loved the Wiggles the Clown flashback. It feels ripped right out of an episode of the original series while still playing with the newer elements. That's a nice way of putting it. Good way of putting it. I was particularly interested to see the change in aspect ratio. So we caught that for the flashback. (laughs) On another note, I am pleased to see how the reveal to Harrison was handled more specifically in how I couldn't quite gauge how on board he actually was throughout the Kurt kill. It felt sufficiently messed up when he started cutting up Kurt's body right in front of Harrison. It felt a lot like history might be repeating itself because I immediately thought of Harry's response when he finally saw Dexter at work. The fact that I still can't quite get a full read on Harrison at this point is huge testament to the performance from Jack Alcott. For now, I'll finish by saying that I still can't decide how I think this is going to end and the suspense is killing me, which is exactly how I think we should feel going into the finale exciting right. times <laughs> job done
1: <laughs> yeah we wanted we wanted um harrison as you look at him to be sort of inscr- inscrutable right mm. you can't quite you know he's not his dad he's not harry who ran you know who vomited and yeah. uh had to get out of there he's he's he loves his dad at this point and wants to please him and mm. and is actively engaged with what's what's happening you know yeah um
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah. Okay, yeah, Jack's thanks. Nick. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, tremendous. He's he's been he's been the breakout this season, isn't he? And uh I think I'm I'm seeing
1: sure... good lord bird?
0: No. I haven't.
1: It's uh um I don't know how you watch it over there. It's uh, it's about it's about John Brown. You know about John Brown over there? John Brown the violent abolitionist. He was this uh he basically, you know, started the civil war in some ways. He okay. uh, hated slavery so much that he uh, he tried leading an uprising of slaves to to mm-hmm. take back over the South. And so it's a great, it's a oddly hilarious take on, uh, on it. So we saw, that's where we saw Jack Alcott. Yeah. The time was already sort of a, a fan. So we watched that. we was like, wow, this kid is good. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, and then he just, you know, knocked out of the park. I don't know if you heard his casting story. on Yes. Uh, yeah. On, on my episode of the uh, uh, texture wrap up, but if people haven't heard that. You should check it out. It's uh it's a good behind the scenes of how you get a role, and the the work that goes into it, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. it was yeah, it was really interesting. It's good to hear from him. He's he he sounds like a good grounded young man. Yeah, yeah. he's great. I think he deserves he, he deserves success on the back of this, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, he'll
1: be he and uh, Michael will be on the uh, final episode, final podcast.
0: Ah, brilliant, brilliant okay uh bruce in australia has emailed to say kurt revealing the flimsy nature of dexter's code in front of harrison saying that it's bullshit, was brilliant dexter Dexter's choice of victims mean that means that he's technically doing good but he's not doing this out of altruism at all he's a horrible monster at the end of the day if the code was ever taught to him he would have ended up like his brother brian and killed a lot of innocent people Dexter, in his speech to Kurt, says that Kurt's killing wasn't about saving people, but about feeling power over his victims. There are shots of Harrison gazing onto Dexter when he gives the speech, and I think it's because Harrison also recognises that the speech to Kurt also applies to Dexter. He seems to register the hypocrisy of what Dexter is saying. Harrison witnessing the kill and the dismemberment, dismemberment might be the turning point for him, especially his reaction to the blood and walking away. From seeing his dad as batman to the reality of who dexter actually is that dexter's intent isn't to be a hero vigilante trying to save people's lives but that his actual purpose purpose is for the hunt and thrill of a kill uh, Lost my place um clyde phillips said on a podcast in november that the ending is surprising inevitable and satisfying and will make the audience's brains explode I really hope it does. (laughs) I also want to mention that on the Showtime YouTube page for (laughs) Dexter New Blood, it says next on the season finale, not series finale. (laughs) Thanks, Bruce. (laughs) Season finale, not series finale. Could be a Freudian slip, or maybe we should read into it. (laughs) Since we are a fan podcast, we do like (laughs) to do that, don't we? I won't put you on the spot, Scott. I wouldn't (laughs) tell you either way. No, but it does show how we fans are hungry for more, which has got to be a good thing. Yeah, that's great. I think we've we've talked on the podcast before about Dexter's primary reason for killing and that it's to satisfy the dark passenger. Harry, of course, helped him channel it so that it so that some good might come out of it. So saving lives is definitely secondary. uh, Just a happy byproduct, making what he does easier to stomach, certainly for us as viewers. But was the dismemberment a turning point for Harrison? Um, I think the pooling blood was definitely definitely triggered the memory, the traumatic memory. But I didn't get a sense that he was turning his back on his dad. Um, any comment about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, our attention in the room was that that that's not what that's not what threw him off. It, it, mm-hmm. it is that we were, we were looking sort of that. You remember back in uh, season one when Dexter walked into that room, the hotel room full of blood and he stumbled and fell. It's one of like Michael's favorite scenes is is that moment of falling in that slop, you know. Uh, And that triggered something in him. And that's that's, that's what we're looking for with Harrison of like that same sort of emotional muscle memory, you know, that that overwhelms him in the moment. Yeah. Uh, It's more about himself than it is about what Dexter's doing. But, you know, they're intertwined. Mm. right
0: yeah yeah,
1: yeah. We'll, we'll see we'll see where harrison goes from here
0: we will we will yeah. in uh in a week's time
1: yeah
0: uh chris in scotland sent a voicemail which which i'll play on a, a a more extended feedback episode later in the week uh give people a bit more chance to send stuff in um but from his message there were some interesting points that i'd, I'd like to bring up with you He he brought up that angela seems actually we we talked about this um seems totally focused on a deep dive on dexter now when her drive before that was iris and the other missing girls she's taken some leaps in her investigation into dexter. It's perhaps less of a leap to suspect Kurt's involvement with all the other missing girls perhaps um and I think you 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 said um you, you've you've given your your take on this and that perhaps um she's accepted that that Kurt perhaps wasn't she's accepted that reasonable doubt. About yeah. Kurt. Um, but she's definitely become obsessed with uh, with her deep dive into Dexter. Chris uh, also noted Dexter's failure to pick up on Angela's social cues on <laughs> Christmas Day. He <laughs> he said how good Dexter is at picking up on things with bad people, but always has been a bit hit and miss with regular day to day social <laughs> cues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she turned to give him her cheek when he went to kiss her and, and twice didn't respond in kind when Dexter said love you. Uh, although that last one suggested to me that he just says it out of habit like it's autopilot and, and it just didn't register that she didn't yeah. said it back. He's,
1: he's rushing out the door. He's, yeah. he's got other Love things you, to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris uh, brought up the interesting parallel to Trinity with Kurt getting one over on Dexter from beyond the grave with the note like Dexter found Rita after he killed Trinity. So Kurt's note has been discovered posthumously. He thought that was a nice callback, and and finally and i really wasn't sure whether to bring this up with you in case i pick up anything from your reaction uh, but chris because <laughs> i don't want you to give anything away and i don't want you to feel like you have to put on a poker face <laughs> um but chris also referred to harrison literally receiving Chekhov's gun from his dad my wife heard this i was listening to chris's voicemail in, in the room earlier and she was listening and and she came out with such a gem of a theory. But I I really don't want to say it now in case it's right, because it, it makes so much sense to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether to I don't know whether to save it. for Off air or, or just for the feedback episode later in the week, but I think she's cracked it. Just <laughs> shall, shall shall we dance? Shall we dance around it or shall we just move on? <laughs> dance
1: with the devil in the pale moonlight. Uh, up to you. Ooh. I will. I will. I will not tell you one way or another, no matter what. <laughs> I've read lots of theories online. Okay. You know,
0: yeah, lots I'm. Lots sure, I'm of, sure. Lots of tweets. Yeah, uh, and and I'm sure you've heard you've heard every possible permutation and combination of of what may happen to everybody. Um, I mean, on on the podcast, a, a, a popular one for a while was that uh Harrison might end up killing Dexter. I mean, that, that hasn't been, I haven't seen that talked about this week yet. Um, So maybe recent events have have changed how people feel. Um, It's been speculated that Dexter will simply uh, go to jail for, for the, um, for what he's done, what he did to the the drug dealers. Um, And perhaps it's not enough to to tie him to the Bay Harbor butcher to get a conviction. Um, But what, what my wife suggested, was that Harrison will kill himself, Um, which to me makes a lot of sense. Tying with what we've said, not that there's much ambiguity, but just speculating as to how on board he is with what Dexter's doing and the fact that Dexter's telling him that this is the only way and that maybe Harrison thinks perhaps in the cold light of day, actually, I can't live like this. You might be able to dad, but I can't. And if this is the only way I don't want it. Um, bearing in mind, he's Pull we a already, a hairy. pardon? Oh, Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bearing in mind as as we've talked about, he's, he's before he even turned up at Iron Lake, he's he's got issues of abandonment. He's got these, um, flashes of memory of, of something horrible happening to his mother. Um, that all piles on to a you know at a young a young man's head. Yeah, yeah. So um
1: These are all certainly theories.
0: Th- they are they are all theories. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, look we'll we'll leave that there. I just I just throw that out there. <laughs> it could be something else. It's like box E, other. <laughs> well none of the above. <laughs> we'll we'll go with that one just for just for Yeah. Okay um so that's that's the feedback that's that's uh that's coming so far Dark as we as we record fun. but um yeah. you know it's all it's all positive which um yeah which is good sorry my cat's scratching the sofa Go on, pack that in. <laughs> <laughs> with the big bad out of the way in in the penultimate episode all bets are off for the finale i think anything could happen and i wouldn't put my money on it <laughs> there, there as, as we've just talked about there are theories there are options yeah. but i think it's great credit to you and and the rest of the writing team that there is no one obvious conclusion um yeah.
1: phillips really let us down a, a great you know his leadership led us down a really great path all this whole season yeah yeah it's, it's been great
0: yeah he's, he's had a lot of time to to think about to think about it, isn't he? Because um, he 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 left the show, didn't he, after season four, and and left on a high, of course. Yeah, we're 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 in a good place. I mean, I I I said this on the podcast last week, but this season has become one of my favourite Dexter seasons. At this point, it's right up there for me. It's it's had everything, and it's not even over yet. <laughs> Thanks, of course, to you and Clyde and all the rest of the writing staff, uh, cast and crew for yeah. making something that the character deserves and, and whatever happens next week, I'm sure Dexter will deserve that too. Um, even if that ends up being in a cruel or ironic way. And, and, and if the show of Dexter is taught as anything, we know that just when something's looking good for him, it invariably turns to shit <laughs> in a, in a tragic or unspeakable way. Um, he is
1: the most optimistic serial killer around you know like in spite of every season of like you know season one can I have a girlfriend I I guess there's no season two can I have a girlfriend no but I'll keep I'll keep trying season three can I have a best friend no but I'll keep trying season four can I have a family can I have it all no but I'll keep trying you know he
0: just keeps yeah (laughs) you've you've got to admire his his tenacity obviously it came to a bit of a head in uh, in in season eight um and and you can see why (laughs) You can understand. But even
1: still, <laughs> even this season, he's like, can I have can I have a family? Yeah. Can I can I be fully understood and loved and appreciated yeah, that, and belong that's... and become something more, you know, like it's.
0: Yeah, that yearning has never it's always been there, has isn't it? Deep, Even yeah. though it was buried for a few years, it, it's always been there. And it's funny how although we root with him, uh, root for him, it, he he took Breaking Bad to a new level this week with what he showed his vulnerable teenage son i i can't wait to see how this turns out <laughs> so scott what what's next for you i mean what what are you working on next if you're even allowed to say
1: yeah i can't say but i uh, okay. got some got some uh got some irons in the fire very very excited about the coming year absolutely yeah. Yeah. excellent
0: 2022
1: excellent. is going to be good i hope we can so get we past should. all this covid stuff it's going to be great
0: that and we will. That would be a help. Certainly for TV production, it's not conducive, is it? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that was tough. That was this was the toughest year of television I've ever I've ever worked. Mm. Like, you know, I, I I think Sandy Sandy talks a little bit about that on uh, in, in, in the podcast, the director Sandy. But, but just communicating with people with, wearing a mask and goggles and hat and face shield, you know? Yeah. It's
0: yeah.
1: It wasn't easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's kudos to to everybody for for getting things done um, and and turning out something that's that's been been really really fun.
1: Oh, thanks, man.
0: Yeah, so um, yeah, I guess I guess people should uh, keep an eye on your your Twitter stream for for news of of upcoming projects. Yep. Jay Scott, Amy, on Twitter.
1: That's yeah,
0: me. All right, Scott. Well, thanks. A million for for joining me tonight it's oh, been dude. it's been brilliant to to break down this episode and and hear your thoughts and your 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 perspective on on all things family business and and the season in general uh you've been very generous with your time and i appreciate that
1: man i i appreciate you the way you dig into every episode the way i mean it's uh it's people like you that make this all worth it you know uh it's uh, it's it's awesome. You're you're something special, Gareth. Oh. And one day, if I ever go to England, I I, I, I uh, <laughs> have to find out what Yorkshire is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a there's a there's a beer here with your name on it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks very much. Yeah, right back at you. Uh, yeah, I'll look forward to hearing the wrap up tomorrow and, and hearing um, Clancy Brown's uh take on on how his character took his bow. Yeah,
1: he's 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 so funny.
0: Yeah, and I'm
1: I'll be uh after it after it drops, I'm I'm Aaron, like I'm, I'm dropping a bunch of pictures on um and on, and on, uh, Twitter from behind the scenes.
0: Right, brilliant. We will look forward to that. Okay, well, thanks again, and um and all the best for for 2022.
1: Same to you.
0: All right, everybody. So thanks. Thanks again to Scott. Thanks ever so much, everybody out there for, for listening, their their ongoing support and uh, and your feedback. As I say, I'll be doing a, a feedback episode later in the week to give you guys a chance to uh, to get everything in that you, you want to say. And we'll be back in a week's time. Uh, it won't be for the last time. Of course, the podcast will continue. We've still got lots of Dexter to talk about. Uh, but the, the finale. Yeah, where it all all comes to a head. Will there be tears before bedtime? Probably. <laughs> but whose will they be? <laughs> so until we uh, reconvene next week to dissect some more Dexter together. Thanks very much, everybody. Take care. and Bye for now.